Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am joined by John Paul Mason. It seems as though I've been on the show quite a bit this week, JP, but there's been a lot to talk about and after last night's game you can be caught up in the emotion of it, you get a wee bit of time to think about it afterwards, you sleep on it, you come back in the following day and you think to yourself, is it really all as bad as a lot are making out? There's been a lot of reaction, JP. Um, I'm going to start off with something that I think is... Is it positive or is it, I don't know, realistic, balanced? I'll let you make up your mind. I was having a look at the starting lineup last night, JP, and of that starting 11, the number of players 
firstly, who are over the age of 24, is three. Only three players over the age of 24. The number of Celtic players with no previous Champions League experience prior to this season, eight. Only three players have played in the Champions League before this season. Um, And I'm talking Champions League proper, not qualifiers. And Stephen Welsh made his Champions League debut last night. You throw into the mix our two centre-backs are missing and I think that you come away with a fresh perspective. This is a this is an inexperienced side, both in, in age and in, in at this level, JP. And I'm trying to get my head around that. Hence the hence the um, the tagline today. We are learning at this elite level, but you can rest assured Ange will learn and he'll learn quick. Are you looking at it from the same kind of perspective, JP? I've seen a lot of kind of negativity around last night's performance. Yeah, I've I've made my piece. With the result, I've made my peace with it. I don't think that, obviously, it's massively frustrating that it was one of our mistakes that led to their second goal. You know, mm-hmm. that mistake from Hart is, you just can't legislate for something from, from someone who's so experienced. And I know he put his hand up afterwards and, and took up, took responsibility for did, it. But did he put his hand halfway up? I mean, it was... <laughs> yeah. uh, there was definitely a bit of a spin thrown at, at the manager saying well that's how he wants us to play I don't think he necessarily wants us to thread a pass through two opposition players to try and get to our player when you've got an option on the left, Like, surely his instructions aren't you have to go directly forward, surely it could be you could pass to the player on your left who's unmarked and doesn't have any Leipzig players impeding him in your view but we could pour over that forever the ultimate uh, reality is that we, we got beat again away from home, but it is the Champions League. It's a huge step up. Mm-hmm. Um, I deserve judgment on the players and the performance until after the two home games. If if, if the same thing happens again in the home game, then okay, you, you're saying that we are really, really far off at this level, but I saw enough last night to suggest to me that we could beat them at home. I'm not saying we will beat them at home, but I, th- I certainly think we are capable of it. Um, it's one of those ones where if we get a goal early doors in that game, changes the complexion of the game, just like it would have been last night. We had chances before they scored, mm-hmm. but chances after they scored. The, the VAR goals, they're not within our control. Like as soon as it goes to VR, that's it's not something that we can we can influence. So uh, that that's that's over to the the authorities to deal with that. As soon as that happens, yes, okay, we were fortunate. I think especially the first one. The, the I mean, it's the it's, knee. Is it the knee? I thought it was the foot. Is it the toe? If it had been us on the receiving end of that, especially given our record away in Europe, I think we would have probably all. You know, just collapsed in in despair. Um, just look at the Celtic end; it'd just be everybody on the ground, just sort of rolling around, going, "No." <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not of the opinion that uh, we should be getting all doom and gloom about it because I, you've got to be realistic. I think you said it before. In today's society, everybody wants everything now. Everybody wants, you know, they want to watch a full box set and a winner. Mm-hmm. They want to, they want to, you know. If a gig gets announced, they want to be at it the next day. They don't want to wait a year or nine months or whatever. They they want to go to it straight away. And I think the same probably applies with us in that we have seen the shoots of success and and progress 
And I think we we all think that it should just be applied immediately. And, it, and as soon as you go into an environment like last night, it should be applied in that environment. And obviously people will point to to uh, Leipzig and who they played last season. That was a different competition. It was a different manager. It was a different season. Not a completely different team, but a reasonably different team. So... I, I think it's I think it's something you need to take stock of. That was a, that was win or bust for them last night. They had to win that game. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't yeah. won that game, I don't know what hopes they would have had for progression in, in, in either the Europa League or the Champions League. So they got their win. It's now kind of win or bust for us at, at Celtic Park. Yeah, absolutely. And before that game, we will have David Slate, um, who has contributed to Axholm over the years. Um, on a, a regular basis, but his knowledge of German football and French football, for that matter, is fantastic. He was there last night. He'll be giving us the lowdown on Leipzig before the game next week. JP, I've got to say, it's not about uh, two guys getting on a uh, an Axon broadcast and just agreeing all day, but I do have the same kind of view as yourself when it comes to the overall picture of where we are Um there are some phenomenal Celtic writers out there and bloggers out there. And every morning I check I check the, the blogs, I check the Celtic News Now to see what's been happening. And you can try and gauge a bit of the reaction, JP, from from that. Some of it, I think, was an overreaction because I don't think you can just say we're miles off it, we're nowhere near it. I think you've got to look at it in isolation and say, well, that team that was out last night, as I said earlier, inexperienced in, in terms of age. Sometimes you forget Matt O'Reilly's 21-year-old, for example, right? And you expect so much from him at this level. Um, but also, at that level, in this competition, where we have virtually no experience. I was saying last night, uh, during and after the game, that uh, we had the experience with McGregor and Hart. But even with Callum McGregor, Callum McGregor, that was his 11th Champions League game last night. So, you know, it's not as though, you know, he's got the, the 50 appearances under his Aye. belt. And he only played half of it. So that's another key thing to remember, that we lost him at half-time. Yeah, um, they lost, they lost by, the captain. And by the way, with regards to the centre-backs, I, you know, I wasn't confident going in last night with, with Jens and Welsh. I would be confident with Carter Vickers and Jens or Carter Vickers and Welsh, but the two of them together did give me a bit of the fear. But I thought Stephen Welsh played really well. You can't, you know, you, I got pilloried on Saturday for some of the mistakes he made and you know people are throwing their head back and going you know all round about me just saying this guy's not good enough and he wasn't good enough against Motherwell and then you're worrying is he going to be good enough against RB Leipzig but I don't know how many times I heard the the commentator say away again from Welsh or another Mm -hmm. clearance from Welsh I mean that that would suggest to me that he was winning you know his, his headers and he was clearing opportunities so I don't think that they maybe inspired the same confidence throughout the team as Carter Vickers and Starfelt or Carter Vickers and a and other. But you have to give credit, give credit to Stephen Welsh in particular. The, the second goal is Hart's fault. The third goal is a wonder goal. Uh, uh, maybe someone who knows a lot more about football. Strachan's laptop, if you're watching in the live chat comments, you obviously know a lot about football. So uh, if um, if you know a lot more about football, you could maybe say who's at fault for the for the third goal. How do or, you stop it? That, that's what st- I would add. How do you stop that third goal? It was that like the Modric goal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it was like a FIFA goal, basically. Mm, it, it was. It, it absolutely was. Perfect. Um, so... I don't know. Maybe maybe there is fault to be apportioned somewhere in the the back line at that. 
But I, 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 from my point of view, I don't know where, where it goes. I was struggling to see it. I was struggling to see where the fault lay last night because every time a goal was scored against Celtic, because you're talking about the game on the final whistle, JP, I think, right, how could we have prevented that? Who Who's taking responsibility for that? So the first goal, we'll talk, let's start off with the mistakes then because at this level you'll be punished and, and you know what, that seems like a cliche but last night proved that you will be. And the first goal was preventable because we've lost possession. Uh, we've lost possession and it's Callum McGregor who, you know, captain fantastic. He's been a marvellous captain, a marvellous player but he made a mistake and, you know, I'm pretty sure he'll be the first to put his hands up to that and he lost possession. They broke so although that's the source of the issue, you've lost possession, you've then got to start looking at how can we prevent them from scoring. And by the way, I thought it was a phenomenal finish. I think Juranovic tried his utmost to try and stop it. I've seen a bit of criticism for Hart. I'm not criticising Hart for that, just an excellent finish. Second goal, Joe Hart's fault every single day of the week. And we'll come back to his comments as well. But that third goal, JP, you, you can't stop it. it. You know, you're in the Champions League group stages. You're playing against... a an obscenely talented side with individuals who, you know, a couple of them are going to be leaving for 50 million quid to come to Chelsea and all this kind of stuff. And the rest. Um, and the rest, yeah. <laughs> and I want to talk about that as well and, and how we can, how can we match up? Because we've got to find a way. This is the thing, right? I'm never ever going to be the type of football fan that's just going to, regardless of the, the, the bubble and, and the finance and all this kind of stuff, I'm never ever as a Celtic fan going to accept it. And and by the way, that isn't coming from someone who's seen a great deal of European success as a Celtic supporter. But the foundations were laid by the man uh, who was born 100 years ago yesterday, JP, and the expectation level has continued and the ripples have continued to the point where you do want to uh, make inroads in Europe and there must be a way. Maybe we're not doing it the right way. We'll, we'll cover that. But those mistakes from, from Joe Hart and Callum McGregor, you take them away, JP, and we're having a different discussion. Now, if spots and maybes, but, you know, we go back to the, the Leverkusen game last year, albeit in a different tournament, um, at home, individual errors, David Turnbull, Tony Ralston, the Carter Vickers penalty that should never have been a penalty. And then there's a completely different, um, you know, veneer to that game it's it's no longer a game where you've been pumped for nothing at home like last night wouldn't have been a 3-1 pumping away individual errors um, and I think that going back to what we opened the show up with it comes down a lot of the time um, to the experience of playing at, at that level I think the frustration last night it was your two most experienced players at that level that made the mistakes and you can't really legislate for that because all the chat going into the game JP was about the centre-halves Mm. Yeah, your your former England international goalkeeper who's played something like forty five Champions League games makes a horrific mistake, and your captain makes a horrific mistake. Uh, maybe less. I don't, so. say, I don't know if to say McGregor's was a horrific mistake. It was it was a heavy. Was it not like a heavy touch which caused them the the I don't know if it was a centre half or a midfielder to sort of, they both went in hard on to to win the ball. McGregor comes off worse in terms of I think that's maybe when he got the injury. Yeah, but he, he stayed on for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, because he looked like you could see his face. If you see the angle, when you look at McGregor and the, the camera's facing here as the guy's advancing, you see McGregor's face and he's 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 in agony from the the impact of the tackle. Um, I don't know what the McGregor injury is, by the way, but obviously when you hear when you hear Postecoglou saying it's not good, I, I mean that might be mind games from him. I know that he likes to do that from time to time, but. 
I, I really, really hope it's not anything long term. Um, because I've said many times, people have said this season that McCall McGregor's not been that good. Well, I don't really want to see a midfield without Carl McGregor in it going into games like Tuesday and you know other 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 any game really. I mean, Saturday we were already missing him for Saturday anyway, which was a was a, was a huge miss. But um, the the McGregor mistake, I mean, it is a heavy touch. I think did that happen in another another game recently that somebody highlighted? But there's a lot going to go, got to happen after that point. You know, when the when they're advancing to to make the to make the, the, the breakaway. So, uh, yes, it is McGregor's heavy touch that leads to that. And then he nearly co- gets back and covers to, to, uh, on his mistake. I know. He yeah. and, and, and he's probably aggravated the injury in doing so, you know? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I've, been, I've got a bit of stick for saying, you know, I don't uh, dig in about McGregor too often. And mm. I, I think it's because he, he pretty much consistently performs well. JP, to be honest with you, he made a mistake last night and you pinpoint that that's an error that we can eradicate that. We can eradicate the error that Joe Hart makes uh, that puts them 2-1 up. What I don't think you can legislate for is that brilliance of the third goal. And I think Mm. we've seen some of that against Real Madrid as well. Uh, The brilliance of a Mudrick. You've got to try and, and and live with these people if you want to play at this level. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That's the things that are, are less within your control than making individual errors. And that's the, that's the thing that I think Ange will be pinpointing during his video analysis, which apparent, apparently he's quite fond of, according to Julian. See, see if you were... I, see if you Well, I, I, actually, I forgot about that. I read that and Julian said, we didn't necessarily get on well on a human level. Was there something like that? Was there was something in his, in his interview that said, that alluded to that there was... I don't think they maybe didn't they didn't get on or something like that. But he did say that he picked up so much from the uh, psychology of what Ange Postecoglou instills in players um, to with, with the video analysis and with the. I think he obviously pours over what other teams aren't good at mm-hmm. and yeah. tries tries to drill into the players. You can exploit this, and there was times last night where we definitely did that. You know, they can't. You can't get away from the fact. See, see if the see when their keeper got injured. You know, when he when he sort of he's getting pressed by uh, by Kyogo. Yeah, and he moves the ball out, and he obviously aggravated. He goes over on his ankle, or he's, he's his leg moves the wrong way, and you can see him go down. Hatati mm. gets the ball and doesn't have any composure at all. I don't know. I want to see that again. I've not seen it again since the since the, since the game, but. To me, in that moment, I would have thought that if it had been RB Leipzig in that moment, they would have finished us off. They would have they would have buried that. There was an opportunity there to score a goal. 
whether yeah. they keep them down or not, get the, play the whistle. And I don't know what Hatati did, but it wasn't the right the right choice. They, they would punish us for that, JP. Yeah. 100%. They, they would punish us. Listen, maybe I've been a, a wee bit too harsh on McGregor with regards to that. Um, but I think that we are looking at individual errors in that. And, and Ange Postacoglu will be looking at that thinking we could have on another right night taking something completely different. And that's what we need to do. We need to look back on the game, JP. So we need to look at certain incidents and say, what can we do better? Um, we'll come back to VAR in a second. I'm also keen to bring in some of the comments from um, the 500 plus who are watching this afternoon. Thank you all for tuning in. It's always an absolute pleasure. Uh, we will disagree. That's what happens. We will definitely disagree from time to time. I've taken JP's lead and started putting on one of my favourite Celtic jerseys from the past. This isn't a replica or even a match-worn jersey. It is indeed a remake that um, we made in the studio. Not physically with uh, sewing it up and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but we, we had it made and embroidered and you can purchase them in our shop. The jersey behind you though, JP, um, not only does that appear in a new book, the forthcoming Celtic jersey, the original does, that it was modelled on, the two versions, Sponsorless and the one with C.R. Smith. You've had a wee sneak peek of the book. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, it goes without saying. People will be like, "Oh, well, you're, of course you're going to say you're excited about it because you're speaking to the guy that wrote it and <laughs> put it together." But even if you'd showed me that book and it was by somebody else, I would be excited about it because it was just really cool to have uh, a physical document of the history of Celtic football strips because that they 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 there are kind of straight line through my life from age eight mm-hmm. to now. Uh, there's never been a time really where I don't think I've had a Celtic strip of that particular season. I've always usually got one of the two or three. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a fourth. But uh, Oh, don't say that because, you know, <laughs> you know, you never know. No, there hasn't. There hasn't been a fourth. There have been occasions during a season where we have war. The cheap dig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> others. There have been occasions where we've worn four different jerseys in a season because there's been some times where, there, because of our colour clash, we've used an old jersey. That happened fairly recently with the pink jersey at Easter Road, mm. uh, which was out of time, but we still wore it. And it used to happen a lot more often back in the day. There was, for example, uh, a strip that we wore in, in the European Cup winning season away from home where it was all green. Green top, shorts and uh, mm. socks with some white hoops around the top of the socks. We were still wearing that jersey um, when Andy Lynch played for Celtic. So it shows you that they were lying in hampers and, mm. and when required, Neely Mockham would uh, bring them out. We wore the jersey in 1967 and we also wore it in 1978. Same kits, unbelievable. 78? 1978, 11 years later, and um, I think uh, it's in the book. Just as well as the same uh, kit maker, they'd be embarrassing if it was like, I don't know, well, booked to one minute and then like. <laughs> see the thing though, you say that, right? I mean, there's there's a story in the book, and I'm going to tell you, it basically was all around the way that it used to work back then. Nowadays, they, these things are mass produced, right? But back in the day, Celtic would get two sets and that's it. So one would get ripped or blood on it and whatever else. So players didn't often take them away, which is why they're so hard to find in the earlier days. Um, but right into the 1980s, that would happen. And Celtic played a friendly game, right? I'm, I'm digressing a wee bit, JP, but hey, we played a, a friendly game and it was against the Orlando Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this was actually, the game was set up by Alan Ruff, who later 
signed for Celtic from Orlando Lions. But he'd done a wee tour of Scotland and I think they played Hibs, they played Celtic and they played a third team. And we uh, wore the centenary jerseys in the first half. Now, Neely Mockin, the kit man at the time, realised that the Orlando Lions would like to change the kits after the game. So at half time, he made all the Celtic players change the centenary jerseys and they were all wearing a mismatch of hoops that were lying about in his storeroom. So some of them had V-neck jerseys on for 1983, but they weren't even matching. So some of them had 1986 jerseys on, 1983 jerseys on. So that after the game, Neely was quite happy to let them swap the jerseys. He was not giving away the centenary jerseys because we had to wear them till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But that's the kind of stuff that would happen. Please tell me there's photographic evidence of said second half. There is. There is. There is. I've got a picture of Alex Mathie, right? And he's wearing the centenary shorts because you can see the crest. But he's wearing this long-sleeved V-neck that we used to wear in 1982. It's in the book. There you go. There's loads more in there as well. But there's my shameless plug. It's a good trailer for the book, to be fair. It's it's been a long time coming to the point where I've I've read through the the final proof before it goes to print and I can't remember uh, writing half of it. It's been that long since I wrote it. So uh, let's get some of your comments in. Jake, love Ange and always behind him, but in my opinion, his tactics will never work in Europe. This is an interesting one. Far too open at the back. It's not sustainable if we want to succeed in Europe. Ange, please prove me wrong. Do you think he will prove Jake and others wrong in that respect, JP? Because again, last night, you can pinpoint two moments of the game that really didn't have anything to do with us being too open at the back. It was two individual errors that left us exposed. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I mean, if you go back to the Shakhtar game, you play that game another three or four times, we win the other three or four times, I think, yeah. based on the simple laws of av- law of averages and, and the way that that game went. I mean, not many people, <coughs> not many people could watch that game back and tell you that Celtic didn't deserve to win that game based on chances and everything else. I mean, I don't think the mists of time have become so thick that I am changing what I think about that game because I, I think everybody thought that, that that was what was going to happen. And fresh in your memory the next day, you're like, we, we should have we should have won that game. And that was with Ange Postacoglu's tactics. That was with his setup. You know, the players were playing what he asked them to do. They just didn't finish the chances that we had. And we had several. I saw, we played a few of them back before the game last night. Mm. The Giacomacchus chance, you know, that, that, got to score that. You know, that's a huge, huge opportunity. And everyone's clambering for Giacomacchus to start. My pal texted me at half time and said, Get Jack and Marcus on, they're too physical. And I was like, No way, Kyogo's got a goal in this, a hundred percent. Fair enough, he didn't have a goal, but he had a he had an assist. And Jota, I said a couple of weeks ago that Jota was capable of doing something in the Champions League stage. Mm-hmm. I remember saying that. Now I remember saying that he would do something special. Last night's goal wasn't necessarily special. It wasn't a you know, a, a couple of keep you uppies and then a volley into the top corner, but in terms of what it meant at that moment in time, it was special. And he's now scored in the Champions League. Absolutely. Which, which yep. is something that you can't just brush past. He's now scored in the Champions League, which I would have thought elevates him to another rung on his progression, his mm-hmm. value, his confidence, everything like that. 
So his confidence should be high going into the game on Tuesday to think, right, well, I've scored against these guys before. I can score mm-hmm. against them again. Definitely. And, and, it galvanises his players, JP. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned J- uh, Jota, and I, I was thinking along the similar lines with regards to Hatati and O'Reilly, and I'm not saying Hatati hasn't had a good game in the Champions League. Um, because I thought he played really well against Real Madrid. But there's going to be an occasion, and I think it will happen in this campaign, where he really comes to the fore. And I think O'Reilly as well. And if we if we come through this campaign, we don't qualify, JP, right? What you're looking at is how have the players learned, how have they progressed, how have they developed, you know, uh, throughout, the, throughout the campaign. And if they have, um, and we can take that into next season, then I'm pretty sure Andrew will be happy. I would like to stay in Europe, uh, without a doubt. If we get... Um, I think I've seen a, a really positive tweet today saying all we need to do is win the next two games. Real Madrid win their next two games and we'll go through to the last 16. I thought, all right. Well, it was quite some... tight with them last night in Madrid with Shakhtar. I mean, 2-1, I don't know how the game went, but uh, I think Madrid just missed a chance to go three and they were all kind of laughing and joking with each other and Shakhtar went up the park and scored and all of a sudden it's 2-1 and there's a game. Mm-hmm. So... You know, obviously Real, but you'd, you'd fancy Real Madrid to, to beat anybody. They must have. They'll have um, Shakhtar away the next game. Must be that must, right. uh, That's the, mm-hmm. that's the next game. So you would expect them to go to to, to Poland and beat them there, uh, and then it's up to us to what we do against against Leipzig. It's such a huge game. I thought last night was a huge game in terms of us potentially qualifying in second place. If we'd have got something last night, you would have definitely thought we had a platform to go on but now I would say realistically third place has got to be our aim and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be would it be so terrible to get third in a group like that you know against against Real Madrid and Leipzig I don't I don't think it's a I don't think it's a disaster this outcome it's, it's, it's not it's not embarrassing and I think also going back again it's our first Champions League um, campaign under Ange and the players that we mentioned before only three of them had made more than three Champions League appearances going into last night's game. Mm. So, you know, they, they lack the experience. We're building that experience up. but haven't taken an absolute pace. And there's, uh, there's a comment in here saying we could have been beaten 5-6-1. and six, one. David Boyle comes in. We are just too wide open. No need for Hatate and O'Reilly to be so high up. Um, have the three up top press and the three in midfield tight. And we won't be carved open so much last night. Could have been 5-6-1. or six, one. And I think when I look at the, certainly in the first half, I didn't see Hitati uh, pushing up as, as high um, alongside O'Reilly. I, I, I did think he was playing a far more protective role. Um, and I'm not saying it was a double pivot, but you know when I was looking at the shape of the team in the first half, JP, I did see that Hitati was, was um, more exactly restrained. What, which is exactly what Ange said in his post-match interview. Mm-hmm. He said, you, you can't come to this level and just survive. You've got to go further than that. Yeah, yeah. So Ange Postacolgo has identified the same thing as um, David, because he's just basically the, we were being uh, too too playing within ourselves, I suppose, more than yeah. taking. There was not not as much risk taken. But you saw what happened. There was there was times where they were definitely worried. There was mm-hmm. there, there was no no two ways about it. I mean, it was the most Celtic thing ever to be all over them and then then concede a goal. I know. I know, leading up to that second goal, and that's where I think the frustration comes in. I'm going to bring Paddy Lavery into the discussion here because um, after the game, obviously Joe Hart gets interviewed. Paddy's asking, did Joe Hart throw Ange under the bus a bit in his post-match? I think there's been occasions this season where Joe Hart said things, right? 
and people have jumped on them. There was a, a comment recently about maybe that's why my career's gone the way it's gone or something like that. Mm-hmm. By the way, it just washed over me. I, I didn't look into the nuance of that as if he was saying, I'm only at Celtic because I'm a failed goalie. But a lot of people did read into it, and that was the um, that was the result of them looking into that and analysing every word Joe Hart said. I think, you know, looking at last night, he's talking about that's the way Ange wants us to play. Is he not referring to playing out the back, from the back rather? Um, I don't think he was saying it wasn't my fault. It, it was Angie's fault because that's the way he wants us to play. I mean, I, I didn't take anything negative from his comments, JP. What was your thoughts after the game? No, I mean, yeah, obviously the fact that he's mentioned the manager at that point, you're, imme- you're maybe immediately going to go to, oh, well, he's saying, oh, well, the, the teacher told me to do it. So that's that's why I, I made the... That's why I made the mistake. But I, I, I think he, he definitely had to hold his hand up. And, you know, if he if he watches that back, which I'm sure he will, and he'll be made to, <laughs> you're not going to get away with not seeing that again for the rest of your career. Uh, you'll get made to watch that and they'll just sort of probably say to him, what, what do you think you should have done there? <laughs> because it's definitely not that pass that you tried to do. Just, just put it on a loop in front of the whole squad. Right, just keep yeah. watching it. If I was Ange, that's what I would do. Right, Joey, you want to blame anybody for this? I don't think there's any point where they're watching it back that you can go, oh, well, but you told me. <laughs> no, no. Greg, he didn't give me a good enough angle on that. Right, OK. Yeah. No, I, 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 but again, I think, you know, sometimes people make mistakes. And I think it was maybe Pat Bonner that pointed this out last night or, or maybe Jim Duffy. If a player, if a keeper makes a mistake, there's nobody behind to cover them. That's the most obvious thing to say, but it's true. And there's plenty of other players that make mistakes throughout the game in the team that have cover behind them. Clark hmm. made that mistake, and there was no hiding place. All of a sudden, they're on top of us, and there's nothing can be done. It's look. It happened to uh, John McLaughlin in the the Celtic Rangers game at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. He he passed it straight to Turnbull. That wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't the past. The, I don't think that suddenly makes John McLaughlin a terrible goalkeeper. It just means he made a mistake in that moment and he was punished for it. Um, obviously, he's been now dropped for the resurgent uh, returning Alan McGregor and well, that will play out as it is meant to play out, however that is, because he's the hero at the moment because he saved a few shots against Liverpool, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing a lot of... Uh, a lot of spiel and rhetoric about how he shouldn't be anywhere near the team after all of the mistakes that he made last season. So can he perform consistently at that level as the number one goalkeeper? Who knows? That's another mm-hmm. discussion. But for Joe Hart, I don't think I don't think it's would be fair to suddenly start talking about dropping him for the game on Saturday or or the game next Tuesday or anything like that. He's 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 done he's done too much good in his time here to to lambast him for, for a mistake like that. And I know people will go, oh, but what about the mistake at the weekend? That was miscommunication between him and Juranovic. I still, to, to this day, don't know if that was Juranovic's fault or Hart's fault. Um, it seemed to me that Hart was kind of putting his hand up to it at the end of the game with the fans. Um, I might have picked that up wrong, but uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think it would be very knee-jerk to suddenly just be, uh, you know, Billeting him from the team because of that. 
my my big concern would be because I seen a lot of comments on uh, the Axon Facebook page last night where people react instantly after the game, JP, and a lot of people were asking for Joe Hart to be dropped. My biggest concern with that is um, we don't have mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Well, we've got a we've got a settled back four insofar as it's the only back four we can play at the moment. Um, certainly with the centre halves, I would like to see a return of that back line before Hart gets any kind of rest or Seagrass gets any kind of game time. I think doing it the now is knee jerk. It's creating another issue potentially where we already have a few concerns, you know, in the centre of defence. Don't then change the goalie behind them. It was a big mistake we made amongst loads of big mistakes in Neil Lennon's final season, JP, where we didn't know who to play in goals. Mm. And sometimes the best thing to do is you keep the player in, in, the, in the team. Keep them Please in the team, it. play through it. Uh, well, that, that, that's what I said to the guy behind me on Saturday when Welsh had that ropey spell. Like somebody said, I'll oh, get him off, get Abelgard on. And you're like, Abelgard's not played. And you're just want to throw him on. Like somebody said that in the comments last week that they'll just throw Abelgard in at like to play on Saturday instead of McGregor. Like he's not any you can see last night at Champions League level, he was a bit off it in terms of his touch and just his general awareness. But I said that to the guy behind me last week. And Saturday I was like, Welsh needs to play through this. You can't just bomb a guy out because he's had a, a shaky you know 10 minute spell against Motherwell mm. it, it, it's not fair on someone like that to do, to do that to someone and I was really really pleased that Welsh you know proved it proved that guy wrong maybe proved me wrong a bit as well I, I, we had no choice but to start him last night that was his first Champions League start mm-hmm. and he, he can he can hold his head high after that because but he played it, well you yeah. did, you know. See, you mentioned earlier about the Julien comments. Uh, I meant to mention it um, about the, like, you know, the personal relationship that he had uh, or the human relationship that he had. I'm not sure how he described it with, with the gaffer. That doesn't concern me at all, you know, because I think that um, a lot of the players that played under Jock Steen speak about the fact that it wasn't about um, being a buddy, if you like. Yeah, a lot of them didn't get on with Jock Steen. A lot of them vehemently um, talk about it. They, d- they didn't like him. 
on, on a personal level, although they accept that he was um, an absolute titan when it came to being a manager. Um, and a lot of the, the players that um, played under Jock Steen, even when you ask them about man management, and, and they struggle to give you specific examples of that because it was all about um, the, the, 11 people, the 11 players who were on the park uh, every Saturday. And if you weren't fit, for example, he wasn't interested in you. If you were on a treatment table, he wasn't interested. And that came, a big part of that came from Andy Lynch, who'd come into Celtic, who um, had been a, a player um, with a big reputation at Hearts, a young player touted for a move to Spurs. Um, you know, they thought he'd be played for Scotland before uh, before too long and then he comes to Celtic and it all goes wrong. Whilst you're injured, the gaffer wasn't interested. Julien was unavailable to play for a long time under Ange Postacoglu. So it doesn't surprise me or even concern me. And I think that Ange, there's been talk about the fact that, you know, the change on him is the domain of the players on match day. He comes in, he does his thing. And there's a distance, JP, between the manager and the players. But I think that's important. It might work with some. I, I think, um, going back to just one example that comes to my mind, the Terry Venables um, approach was that he was almost part of the team. And even when he played at international level, sorry, managed at international level, he had a club mentality within the dressing room. But, you know, the the really successful managers, I think, have to have that distance between the players and the management. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, it's certainly from what you've said and from what I've heard, Ange Postacoglu does keep that distance from players. So if Julian feels like there's been a sort of lack of human, you know, buddy pals act, you know, arm round the shoulder or whatever, then I don't think he's alone in that probably. I don't know many of the... I don't know if there's many of the players in the current setup that could say that they have that kind of relationship. Maybe from the outside looking in, people would be like, oh, well, you know, he's he's tight with Kyoko. You know, you saw the way he reacted with Kyoko at the end of the League Cup final mm. um, when he when he got when he got pounced on in the, at the on the on the sideline. You know that 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 might well be the case that because they've come from so far away, there might be a a slight difference in terms of his, his human interaction with them but with Julian he also made reference to the fact that he was like oh well, I came back in November 2021 and I was I was I was fit to, I kind of was fit to play in November 2021 mm. almost sort of saying well it wasn't my fault that I didn't get a game but he was coming back to a very settled centre back pairing that wasn't going to get interrupted just because the bold Christopher Julian was back in the scene, you know, with a seven million price tag and with the Lazio goals and with the League Cup final goals. Mm. All of that to Ange Postacoglu probably counted for absolutely nothing because he was like, "Well, you did all that before me. It's what about is what is what you do now?" And I've already got the, these guys playing centre half. And on that note, I said to some to the guys that I was standing watching the game with last night in the pub, I was like, "It would be that." Of all the positions in the park, we are missing. You know, Cameron Carter Vickers arguably was the best player in the team last year. Yeah, and I think there's a, a huge argument to be put up for that to be the case. And we go into such a huge game last night without him. It's like anywhere else in the pitch, we could have afforded to lose uh, um, a Kyogo because you put Jack Amakis in. We could have maybe not. Uh, well, Maeda, you could put Haxtabanovich in. There's, there's. People that you could swap out, maybe aside from Carl McGregor, but it would be that in these games that we go in uh, with. And I just, I don't think, I don't think that necessarily means that we point the finger at Jens and Welsh. It just means that there's not that 
calmness and not that change of uh, change of play, the, the transition. Like you do see, the ball gets moved so much quicker by Cameron Carter Vickers. Yeah, when, when it comes out to him, he's just his speed of thought is is quicker than than the two of them, and that's why we paid six and a half million for him. That's why he's a a Spurs Academy product. That's why he's an international player. You know, Jens isn't he playing international games? Welsh isn't he playing international games? Starfelt is Cameron Carter Vickers is. Mm. So that's a huge, a huge difference. Oh, it's massive. And and you know that I've I've said that the way that we, we play, um, the way that it's fluid, it starts at the back. And I think that I really do think that's been a, a big part in the fact that we haven't played that well since uh Carter Vickers certainly mm. has been out. Um because even without Starfield, it can continue. Because as you say, Star, you know, Carter Vickers keeps that momentum going from the back. We've lost a big, a big part of that since he's been missing, and um, I'm not sure when he's coming back, JP. But one final word on on Julian. I do think that uh, the decision making that that we had around whether or not we bring in a centre half has been affected by his um, the two transfer windows where he could have gone out and he didn't. You know, mm. and it was you know we brought in Carter Vickers on loan on the last day of that transfer window. Remember, because we thought that Julien would have been back, uh, and then you know it was it was a wee bit up in the air as to when he came back. As you said, there it wasn't until November that he came back, so we had mm. to bring in Carter Vickers almost in an emergency style, bringing him in on a loan on the last day of the the actual transfer window. Then this time round, he's almost away. He's on the plane. It breaks down, and and you're thinking, well, we've already brought in. I'm not saying it was an emergency to bring Jens in, but we're brought him in and under the same kind of circumstances. We don't know what's happened with Julian. We'll bring this guy in on loan with an option to buy if he does well, and hopefully he will um, over the piece do well. But we didn't go out and invest over and above Carter Vickers, and there is an argument to say that we probably could have brought in a, another centre half. We didn't mm-hmm. foresee that we'd we'd have two injuries to the two main centre backs, but um, I was saying at the time, and it's not with the benefit of hindsight, I, I did want a centre-forward and a centre-half to come in as well. But that also brings to mind what I've been saying for a long time. You know, the players, the spine of that team is Joe Hart, Carter Vickers, McGregor and Kyogo. I think that that's the spine that has been created by Poster Coglu. And now we're facing a situation where McGregor and, and Carter Vickers are injured and Hart's not playing too great. So that that's massive because they have been the the, the the kind of the rock of this side and the flair and the creativity comes from from the other the other players round about them, and it's it's frustrating to see that it's all happening at the same time. And I think though what you would tend to do is say, well, who's going to step who's going to step up here? It's an opportunity. Ange spoke about Jens and Welsh. It's an opportunity then for them to step in and make a name for themselves. I think Welsh came came through last night really well. It was his first game in the Champions League at that at that level. And um, I think also it leads me on to the standards that we're, we're talking about here, JP. Um, I'm going to bring in a few more comments before I get into the, the next section of this chat. And we have Celtic Follower regularly in on the chat on YouTube. Disappointed viewing us giving away possession far too easily and caught too far up the park. We are desperately missing Carter Vickers, but the whole team in every area must do better. And I think that's what Ange was saying before the game. He needs players to step up. I want to see big performances from Yota, Hatate, O'Reilly, um, you know, offensively. But you also want to see big performances at the back. And I think uh, you're, you're looking at a player maybe like Juranovic, who's got that wee bit more experience, JP, 
Uh, you want him to start performing and you want uh, Welsh to come to the fore because there's only so long we can say he's only 22. Just I, you, you want him to perform. And he did I last night. Think I didn't think Juranovic was, was terrible last night. I mean, I, I don't think he... He didn't... I wouldn't say he was like an eight or a nine, but he certainly wasn't a, a four or a five or anything as lowly as that. I think after after Saturday, scoring the own goal, maybe his confidence took a dent, maybe it didn't, maybe he's one of those guys that just sort of brushes that past and, and moves on to the next game but, you know I think I think last night was was a lesson it was just an absolute harsh lesson at that mm-hmm. level in, in Europe for a, for a team like you say that doesn't have a lot of Champions League experience in amongst it and it, it doesn't feel like we're a million miles away from what what, whatever it is that we want to get to, whether it is competing at this level, trying to get beyond the the group stages, it doesn't. In the same way that last season, it didn't feel like we're a million miles away from Europa League. We we won three games and we were close in in two of the others. It was a three two and a, a four three, wasn't it? Four three, yeah. But yeah, he so, scored that night, didn't he? So, yeah, so he said, Postecoglou said that when he was referring back to last season. He was like, well, we, we, we gave it a shot last season. And you can tell last night he was absolutely gutted. The interview afterwards, he was really, I mean, he was his horse at the best of times. But, I mean, last night he must have really shouted and bawled. Noticed that. It. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. It was. His his register was down about two or three uh, last night, just from that. What he must have given at the halfway line, you know, shouting instructions and shouting at people to because he does that, you know, and it, it's that's great to see and great to hear, and it's also great to hear someone come out afterwards and not say, oh well, you know, they've. You know, this is the difference. They they they've spent so much money and everything else. He, You're right. It wasn't defeatist. No, it was not defeatist. He was a hundred percent kind of going. Well, you know, we, we we we've showed that we can play at this level. Yes. Yeah. We've we've been undone, and I really think the only goal that you could say that we're undone with is is the is the third one where it's that's the difference in quality. That's that's where you see a fifty, sixty, seventy million pound player. Uh, and whoever, whatever Silva's worth, I don't know, but that that's where you could point to that deficit. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He, he I, I'd far rather hear that from a manager than him coming out going, "Oh well, you know, I've only got you know two beans to rub together, and I can't go out and exactly buy buy players that can compete at this level." We, we we don't need to do that. We can develop these players to to try and get closer to these to these players. There's been a few managers this season guilty of that. Uh, one in Europe and mm. uh, one ex-manager down south uh, of Celtic in Brendan Rodgers, who, when he was going through the tough patch, it wasn't Brendan Rodgers' fault, was it? You know, mm. when he was getting interviewed, JP, it's because he, he wasn't able, because of the financial situation, to bring in the players that he wanted and etc. etc. I don't hear that from Ange. I don't hear that defeatist kind of attitude that we got from Ian Bankier not that long ago whereby he just came out and said we can't compete because they're richer than us and mm-hmm. as a as a fan as someone who either invests time money in season tickets money in shares whatever level of fan that you are we're all fans uh, that's not what you want to hear you want to hear someone who has the ambition to say well you know what 
we didn't win tonight, but we are we are learning. And I'm going to bring in a couple of comments because speaking someone... of fans, before you do that, speaking of fans, the the Jota interview where he kind of made, made a point of saying to to come here with that level of support is unbelievable. And he said, I think any Leipzig player will be going away going. That's an incredible away support to to have here, mm-hmm. um, and and it was, and I was getting texts from people saying, "Are you here?" And I was like, "No, I'm in a pub in Glasgow watching <laughs> it." It was really, really tough, especially see as, as well as that, just seeing people's pictures of the, all the different journeys to get there. You know, flying know. to random airports to get to somewhere else, which I'll be doing for Madrid, by the way. I'm <laughs> flying via Geneva and Malaga to get to Madrid, but it will be worth. All the uh, uh, <laughs> the stress and trauma of, of three flights in a day. <laughs> we, might, we might have to get a win over there, JP, but we'll talk about that at the time. Um, the, the one that I'm going to bring up is this one here from uh, Truthslayer. Ange isn't a quick learner, though, is he? Well, I'm going to say he is. I'm going to say he is a, a quick learner. I'm going to try and back that up by saying that this is a, a manager who started off in Australia um, so that's, a, that's a, a game that he knew well and he was a success there and he won um, honours as a manager there. And he progressed to international level. So although he's managing Australia, JP, he's managing in a completely different environment, right? And he's learned and he's learned quickly and he's taken Australia to the World Cup. He's then moved um, continents and he's, he's moved to Japan. And he's not just uh, been a, a sightseer over there. He has become a success because he has adapted and he's learned quickly and he's become a success in Japan. He's then come to Scotland and again moving continents, he's learned very very quickly, had to learn very quickly and he has turned around a team that was at its lowest ebb in a decade very very quick learner is Ange Postacoglu, whatever the scenario or the environment is, he will learn and he'll learn not only from his own mistakes but from the mistakes of his players and I, I cited the Bayer Leverkusen Doubleheader last last season as an example, JP, and you can you compare the two performances, um, and it's night and day. And there were only two months, uh, you know, um, between between the two games. You watch the first game, and the second game. Ange learned a lot about Bayer Leverkusen, and it goes back to that video analysis that Julien mentioned. He will learn from the first three games of this campaign, albeit yeah that. In the second half of the campaign, we've got two home games and one away game. But I would like to compare the results of the first three games and the second three games because I think we're going to get more points from the game three, uh, four, five and six than we did from the first three. I think we'll win more than one point in in the next three games in the Champions League. And I think that would allude to the fact that Ange Postacoglu is a quick learner, JP. He learns from his own and his team's mistakes. Well, I think there's been... In the fallout from last night, and I've not spent too much time looking at Twitter or, or, or even even watching some of the other reaction videos that I watch um, online, if it's Celtic Fans TV or, or, or whatever. I've not watched too much of that, but the, there has been a, a theme and even some of the comments today of, oh, we need to rip it up, we need to change everything. I think at the end of this European campaign, we can look back and go, right, okay, so that's this is where we're at. I don't think that now is the time to start like changing, like making wholesale changes or trying to change our entire approach to these games in Europe. I would be of the of the mind that we apply what we were trying to apply last night again on Tuesday and see what it yields as a result. I, I, mm. People go, oh well, we'll get beat four five one. Well, we we probably should have won three four uh, in Shakhtar or in, in Warsaw rather. 
and we didn't because that's football. Last night we could have been a draw in another in a, another parallel universe. That game last night is a draw. It's a, fe- a feasible thing that that could have happened. It didn't. We got beat. We accept that. We move on. But I don't think we just rip up our principles and start moving, changing goalkeepers, and you know, uh, abandoning what he is trying to do. I just don't think I, he, we've all seen it. We could see it in very early stages in the Europa League last season. We're now a year down the line, and we're in a, a far, far um, more pressurised and uh, higher quality competition. So. Why would you then go? Oh well, now we're here. We'll just abandon it here as well. I, I, I don't, I don't think that's the, the right no. way to go. People might say, "Oh, you're a dreamer or you're naive or whatever," and maybe uh, there is an element of that. But I've seen enough from this team as a supporter with my own eyes in the first half against Real Madrid in particular, where it was like I, I've never had that kind of excitement for a long, long time being a Celtic fan, being at that game and just. It was it was magical, absolutely magical. I know people will be like, "You, you drew nil nil at half time." You're like, I'm sorry, but drawing nil nil against Real Madrid at half time was and and the manner that we played. Exactly, we weren't hanging on it. Nothing each. We're going into that second half thinking we get the first goal and it's game on, and we should have got the first goal. And the game's only ninety minutes, and that was half of it. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's good. That aye. Well, what I was going to say there is, is again, we, we can pour over this. Um, last night, even if you just remove Joe Hart's faux pas uh, and we get beat by that moment of brilliance, that superb move uh, that we've already said you probably can't stop. And we're sitting here gutted today, JP, because you know, you've know you been beaten by a moment of brilliance by a very, very good side. And when we're looking at the, the positives and we're looking at the standard of opposition, I mentioned this briefly last night talking to Kevin McCluskey, um, who dialed in from Hungary. So you look at the Real Madrid game, and uh, I was hugely impressed by Vinicius uh, Junior. I thought he was unbelievable talent. Uh, they bought him from Flamenco for uh, 40.5 million quid, and his current value is 108 million quid. And then we, we play Shakhtar, and everybody will, rightly will be talking about Mudrick. Um, and I think John Hughes on Wednesday was going on about how surprised he is he's still there. Newcastle apparently are interested, and there's talk of a £50 million bid. Last night, Leipzig. I've got an issue with this name, Nkunku, I think Nkunku, that's how you, yeah, yeah. Nkunku, there you go, um, I should know because remember, no, there's, Wemo, there's an N in it, there's a two N's, there is, yeah, uh, Chelsea, and they're talking about 52 million only because there's a release clause, I mean it would have cost a lot more than that, now it doesn't just come down to the, the price tag on your head, I know that right, but what I'm saying is we can't compete in the transfer market to bring that level of quality to the club, so, there's been a couple of discussions over the last few. Well, I'm not going to say we rip it up and start again. But what I would like to do is if we can't buy those players, JP, we need to look at another way. We need to look at a way of producing a player or, or producing a, a pool of talent. And it's to be seen whether or not we can do that in the modern day because a lot of the talented players that we have produced recently have left either before they've come into the first team uh, with the two boys going to Bayern Munich, for example, and various others, Vincent Angelini going down south. Ben Dock got some first-team experience um, almost as a last throw of the dice, I think, in uh, Ange Postecoglou's mind. But he went down to Liverpool and he is uh, scoring at a level while still only 16 years of age, JP. Um, so 
Is there another way that we can do this in terms of the long-term vision of competing in European football, right? Where a Scottish club in the finances is never going to be there in Scottish football, right? We know that. It's never going to be there in terms of sponsorship or the TV broadcasting. So Celtic have found a, a way of bringing in talented players and selling them on for a profit. Not very often do we do it with our own in terms of academy players getting sold on for big, big money. It has happened. Sean Maloney, Aidan McGeady and Kieran Tierney, I think, are the three biggies. There's been a few others for uh, nominal fees or a million quid here or there. So is there a different way of doing it, JP? Uh, because I, I guess the um, the concern there is we're producing players, but we can't keep them. You know, because we've seen so many of them fly in the nest before. I guess it's probably consistently qualifying for the Champions League mm. uh, to, to be able to actually say, you come here, uh, when we're going in for a player from somewhere in Europe or further afield and we're going in for a player and we've got the visual evidence to say we've played in the Champions League the last three years you know there's a pretty good although we can't guarantee it there's a pretty good chance we're going to get it this fourth year so you should you should choose us for your development you'll get games at this level because for the last five years we've not been able to do that so maybe that has been a stumbling block with players who potentially could have come and played for Celtic that have gone elsewhere to, you know, I, I can't even remember. There's so many names we've been linked with, but if you think of a player from a team in Norway or something like that, and, and he's like gone to a team in Germany, for, mm. for example, like a top six team in Germany, rather than come to Celtic and then makes his name in the Bundesliga, gets European football with them, because immediately we are hamstrung by the league, but if we could have the Champions League almost guarantee as a as a carrot, then that I think would increase our. It would maybe move us up one or two in the terms of the the range of players that we're going after. There's probably brackets of players that we go after, like an A, B, C, D. Absolutely, e. yeah. And, yeah. And you know, we've maybe gone after some Bs, and they've been like, nah. <laughs> we're, we're not coming there. Like even the lure of the support, the lure of the, uh, you know, the, the the winning trophies, things like that. That that won't mean anything to them. The Champions League will probably be the be all and end all of where mm. they want to, you know, cut their teeth. Uh, in football, at age twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, yeah. whatever age. If we're going after players of that age rather than eighteen, nineteen year olds, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we're going after a Matt O'Reilly from a. a I, I don't know, a, a, a top three or top four Spanish side, you know, a guy that's sort of played a few games at that level but isn't getting in the first team game, how are we going to get somebody like that? It's with yeah. Champions League football, it's, it's probably the thing. I think so. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about moving up the, the category of player that you go for, listen, if there's a Matt O'Reilly or a Hatati available for one million quid, we'll buy that. <laughs> but um, I think we've seen a wee bit of an evidence there with regards to Carter Vickers and Yota, in that they were, in terms of the price, moving up a level to, to you know, the outlay to bring the, the guys in is much bigger than the outlay it was to bring but, in some of the earlier signings. But the loan, the loan market worked for us in that mm. respect because they were able to come and we didn't have to sell them the experience. They experienced it themselves. You know, for a full season, they experienced it was a full season. Ah, yeah, they were there for a full season, yeah. yeah. So they, and, they got and, a full season of experience in what it's like playing for Celtic, which I guess would be hard to, to describe from the... Well, not hard to describe. It should be easy to describe. But 
it's not until you're living it. I mean, Jota scores that goal last night. You know, it's one each. I mean, that that the feeling of scoring that goal in that isolated moment for him. You know, he does his celebration with the mm-hmm. the fifth. I mean, that, those are the kind of things that when you're you're spending hours and hours and days and days of your life training to be a footballer. I can only imagine never being a footballer, never will be. Still have. Still have dreams, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. You've scored um, the hat trick at Celtic Park, JP, well, and you can never no, take that away I, from you. I know, I know, but I didn't do the intense training and dedicated my life to the sport like Jota has done. And so for the reward to be a moment like that, and I know it won't maybe mean much to him now and the fact that we, it was the, it's, it's one goal and a 3-1 reverse, but it's in the highest stage in Europe and he yeah. scored on it. So that's justified for now his reasoning to sign for Celtic as a full as a full time Celtic player because we said, Well, we'll give you this opportunity to play the Champions League. You've taken it, you've scored a goal in your third Champions League proper game. So he's had three stabs at it and he's got it in the third one. And I I think he can score again at this level. I don't I don't think he's out of place at this level. I think he was maybe a bit quiet in the first half, but I think he's always got it in him just like somebody like, you know, Larson or Maravchik had it in him to score a goal. I'm not saying he's as good as them, by the way, but I'm saying that he's got it in him to do something that can change a game. Mm, he does. And I think that the next two games are going to be pivotal. Who knows where we'll be sitting by the time you're making your way over to the Bernabeu, JP. But see these next two games, I think it's uh, an opportunity uh, to use Angie's uh, description for the likes of Jota, and O'Reilly and Hatati to really come to the fore. Uh, Kyogo as well, uh, to really come to the fore because, as you say, we've given them the opportunity to play at this level um, and now they need to flourish. Now they need to do it. But right here, we're, we're talking about Leipzig on Tuesday. They're not discounting a 12.30 kickoff against St Johnston on Saturday, which is, as we saw against St Mirren, mm. there are no easy games. Uh, we might have had the luxury of, you know, putting a load of goals away in our first four or five games or whatever it was but we have to go there and I think they got beat 2-1 last night of Kilmarnock so I'm not exactly terrified of them but McDermott Park has been a dodgy place in the past yes we've had a few big wins there but we've also had losses we've had draws we've had tight wins plenty of tight wins yeah yeah it's it's never been a, a happy hunting ground um, so I, I, I'm wary. I'm wary of it. Wary of what shape the team's going to be in. Who's going to be available? Hopefully, Carter Vickers is back for Saturday. You know, I think he was touch and go for last night, from what I heard, um, to to be included. But they obviously didn't want to risk him. Yeah. And what would have been, or well, what was a testing environment? And so Saturday, hopefully, will be okay for him. And who would you, who would you play up. alongside him? Uh, I would play Welsh. I would play Carter Vickers in Welsh. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Based mainly on last night's performance, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, and I think what you said at the top of the show as well, JP, either or, to be honest with you, I'd be far more confident as long as mm-hmm. they're sitting uh, playing next to Carter Vickers. We will see. I do hope that the, the big man's back. That's been a quick hour. Um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. 600 plus strong. Uh, watching us live here on the Thursday afternoon. We didn't get much chance to talk about music. We'll make up for it next week. That's Lock for sure. Work works tonight at King Tut's from uh, Galway County Mail. Yes. 
Um, are you, are you yeah. working the gig? I am, I, yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, Alan McGee championed band um, and uh, kind of post-punk Irish, Irish band, yeah. Sounds so good. good. Sounds good. I'll check them out. Check them out on YouTube. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Click on the link uh, underneath if you want us to go down to Manchester and win another award, bring it up the road and put it in the in the cabinet. Um, it would be a, an absolute honour to go and do that on your behalf. Give us a wee vote. The link's underneath the video. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, JP Mason, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.